Welcome to Not The Way I Planned. I'm Carly Cash, and if you've ever found yourself thinking, this is not the way I thought my life would turn out, you've come to the right place. Each week we'll have inspiring interviews, plus tips and tricks to living your best life, even if it's not the life you planned. My guest today is Keisha Hart, and we actually met through a program that I run on the side called Rick and Carly's Kids that kind of creates awareness around different struggles that children and families go through. And I will never forget when I contacted you for the first time, you mentioned to me, you said, um, my kids, dad and I were not together. So we do an every other week agreement. And I was at a spot in my life where my husband and I were separated and I was grasping at any sort of a family that looked like mine or just to, I wanted someone to tell me like, it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Your family will be okay. So tell me a little bit about your story, how you ended up co-parenting and what that looks like. Yeah. Um, my ex and I separated when our two children were two and four mm-hmm. and in the beginning the rotation back and forth was so sporadic because he had a job that either required late nights or super early mornings. And we really, for a couple of years, kind of made the rotation back and forth based around his schedule. And it worked fine, but there was really no consistency to it. It was week to week we were adjusting. and Which was probably difficult not only on you, but on the kids. Cause yeah, kids I think like it was routine. difficult for all of us because right. there would be times in his job where things maybe were extra busy and so there would be more days that he would go without seeing the kids and so I think it was a lot better for all of us once he changed jobs and had a consistent schedule and we eased our way into a week on week off we rotated on Fridays and I would take the kids to school and then he would pick them up Friday after work and then have them until the following Friday and that's still the schedule that we maintain up till now. And now the kids are 13 and 11. When your kids, you say they were two and four when you started this new routine, what was their initial reaction being that young? Because when my ex and I separated, my kids were, our kids were eight and 10. So they were a little Mm -hmm. older and the reaction was pretty dramatic to be honest with you it was like when we sat them down and told them we weren't going to be together anymore it was like you see in the movies or the worst case scenario saw being like really bad but what was it like when your kids are much younger honestly I don't think that it it's hard to say for them because Audrina she doesn't really remember Uh, Cohen he's the oldest and one time he talked to me about a memory that he had from when we were initially separating and Mm -hmm. his memory of a certain situation was very skewed from what I remembered and which can totally happen with kids because they just see things so their perception is their reality right so he had a harder time with it um, but I think it, as hard as it was to have such a sporadic on and off, 
we truly try not to go much more than two or three days, even mm-hmm. if it was just to see them or have them spend time with their dad. Um, Which is that helpful. Way, yeah. So they they weren't ever like not seeing him for weeks on end or anything like that. Their dad is super, super involved. Like we, anything to do with the kids has always been like, we're always going to be there sure. and at their activities or just present in whatever they're doing. And so there wasn't like, oh, I'm with my mom and I'm not going to see my dad until I don't know when. Yeah, I think that's super important. I'm in a situation which is extremely unique, but I'm grateful for it all the time where both of us actually see the kids most days because Mm -hmm. my work schedule is so unique. I get up in the middle of the night to go to work. Yeah. And so we knew that doing a a schedule like week on week off was not going to work for us because I... I could potentially get a sitter for the morning hours or he could potentially get a sitter for when he's at work. But we were like, if we can help each other out, Mm -hmm. why should we just not do it? And so we kind of maintained the same routine that the kids had always experienced because I've always worked early in the morning and he was always the morning, get the kids ready for school dad. And I've always been the pick up from school afternoon dinner mom yeah and so we just maintained that schedule and so far it's worked wonderfully because it's maintained that consistency in their lives and Mm -hmm. I don't know if it'll always look that way because yeah you know he lives down the street from me right now and has for over two years now (laughs) but that may change and uh you know yeah and evolve Did you have a lot of moments like that where things just, it was like working really good and then something would change or rock the boat a little bit? Yeah, I think so. Um, It gets a little bit tricky when they start, when both sides start introducing new people into Mm -hmm. the kids' lives. So we've had our moments over the years with those kinds of situations. Um, Yeah, I think the finding the schedule that works for your family and both sides schedules is the most important thing because our, what we do obviously doesn't work for everybody and it works because we're in the same city. We live not as close as you two, but you know, probably within 10 miles of one another. Yeah. It takes 20 minutes to drive from my house to his house. Did you ever butt heads? Over that scheduling, like, hey, I've got something that popped up or he's got something that popped up. Can we rearrange the schedule? I don't I don't think so, because early on, we both agreed that if there was ever a time that we needed to make an adjustment, we would reach out to one another first before hiring a babysitter or pulling on other friends and family to watch our kids. Like we basically wanted to give each other the first right of refusal, essentially. And. There, there's been times where stuff comes up for each of us and I, I don't, I can't speak for him, but I know when he's reached out to me to take the kids, if I can, it's a no brainer. Like, of course Mm -hmm. I want to have them. And there's been a few times where it's like, oh, I have something, this is going on. And it is gut wrenching to say, we're going to have to find a babysitter. We're going to have to arrange for them to go you know, to a grandparents or an aunt or uncle or something. Yeah. Because in co-parenting, 
you want to come together and parent like that. You want to take care of it yourselves as much as you possibly can and bounce back and forth. Um, Speaking about the dating aspect, if you don't mind me asking, who brought someone to the table first? Who started dating? That would be me. And how did that go down? Uh, I didn't introduce the kids to John, who is now my husband. Right away, we dated and hung out when the kids were with their dad Mm -hmm. for several months. Um, It was probably three or four months. And to some people, that's maybe too soon. I don't there's not kind a of right worked. or wrong really yeah. um and then we would our first get together introduction to the kids we took them to a movie so there was like they met and then it was like well let's go do something that the kids will enjoy and so they watched their movie and it wasn't it, there wasn't a lot of pressure for either side to have to really get into getting to know one another. It was more just an opportunity to meet, spend time and just have like this initial introduction. And then I think the next time we got together, we did ice cream or something. So made it about the kids and this is mommy's friend. Right. And is that how you introduced him as a friend or was he your boyfriend? He was my boyfriend, but we introduced him as a friend it was one of those things. I didn't know what I was doing. This was my first experience sure, with it. Sure. Um, I, yeah. So we just went with friend and then. I know for me, when my ex started dating someone for the first time, it conjured up emotions that I didn't anticipate at all. I thought yeah. I am totally over this person. I've moved on with my life. We're divorced. We had been divorced for a year. I mean, legally divorced for a year and he started dating someone seriously. And I found out about it through the kids and they had all gone camping together. So he was dating this woman. She had a bunch of kids. My kids had gone camping with them. And I just thought, oh, here's this woman entering my kids lives. And that's what it was about for me the most was here's this woman entering my kids lives and I don't know how to handle it here's this person going on a mini vacation with my kids and I've never met her I don't know who she is I don't know how to handle it and when I asked my ex about it you know yes he confirmed that he was dating this woman uh Shortly after that, I asked to meet her. He said, absolutely not. I do not want you to meet her because we're not at that level yet. But I kept hearing from the kids that almost every time they were with him, she was there and Mm -hmm. her kids were there or some dynamic there. And one time, and this is the most shameful moment. I never thought this would ever happen because we were very much on the same page. We're going to co-parent we're going to do it exactly right. I don't know why I'm that way, but I feel like I'll read yeah. the books and I, <laughs> I'm i going to do this. If I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it right. So he asked me one night if I could pick up the kids. It was his night to have them. It was his weekend. It was Friday. And he asked me if I could pick up our daughter from gymnastics, go get our son I can't remember where he was and keep them for a little bit and then he would pick them up when he was done playing softball and I was a little bitter about that because yeah 
sometimes I felt like he would treat me like I'm dating and I'm doing all these social things and you don't have a life so you can take the kids, which I don't know from his perspective if that's accurate at all, but that's how I saw it. And I knew from the kids that they were going to be hanging out with this woman again that night. And I just had it. I was like, I want to know who she is. She's hanging out with the kids all the time. And I lost it. Like I've never lost it before. And it escalated to the point where the cops had to be called and intervened. My, My neighbor called the cops and I couldn't believe it. I'm like, this is not my life. Like, I am not this person to have the cops called. But they were wonderful and calmed me down. And they said, your feelings are totally valid. When one party starts dating, it can get extremely emotional and difficult. And that's when you usually run into trouble. And after that night, I was like, I don't ever want anything like that to ever happen again, especially in front of the kids. Cause it all happened in front of the kids and it was everything I did not want them to witness. Yeah. And so I knew at that moment I had to be the bigger person and set those emotions aside and trust him that he would date someone that it would be okay having that person in their lives. And I just had to take it from there. And quite honestly, we, they dated for a good year and I never met her once in that mm-hmm. year. So it was, it's, it's a little difficult. Yeah, I can see that would be difficult. I'm, I mean, I can't speak specifically for how Nick felt when John and I started dating, but I would imagine it was probably, there were some emotions, I'm sure. Some of their man's coming into my kid's life. Yeah. I don't think it was too much longer before the two of them met. Um, and it was just kind of in probably in passing again, it was several years ago. So I don't specifically remember how the two of them ended up meeting. You know, we, from the beginning, Nick and I agreed that our communication would be focused around the kids. And I grew up with, um, parents that got divorced when I was four and I learned a lot growing up about blended families and what I wanted to incorporate and what I didn't. Sure. You know, nothing against how I was raised by any means, but you just learn from every scenario. And there were some things that I was like, okay, we are not going to do this. Well, and I think (laughs) it's good that you had that guideline because I grew up in a family that Not only were my parents not divorced, but I had one aunt that was divorced. But even Mm -hmm. when I looked at my extended family, most of my friends, no one was divorced. And so I felt like, I don't know how to do this. Yeah. Yep. And we agreed that we weren't going to do the whole separate birthday parties. I did not want my kids to think, oh, my parents aren't together anymore. So now I get two birthday parties or I get two Christmases and... For us, we just agreed that we would do birthday parties together and we would work together around holidays. Now we only rotate Thanksgiving and Christmas. The other holidays are just whoever's week they happen to fall on, unless the other person has something specific planned and wants to have the kids for that. 
but we really just stick to the schedule of rotating the two holidays. So you rotate holidays, but you said you also come together for holidays a little bit. Yeah. So what does that look like? things together. My mom lives here. The rest of all of the grandparents live in eastern Idaho. And so there's been holidays where my mom will have everybody over for Christmas Eve or something. And And everybody meaning your ex and everybody. Yeah, everyone comes because it's about the kids. Mm -hmm. And not making them feel like they have to choose between who they want to spend their time with or celebrate their life events with. It's about them and... I think that's so cool. I remember seeing you one time. I ran into you and it was, I can't even remember which kid, but one of your kids' birthdays at a climbing place and your ex was there <laughs> and your husband, John, was there. And I just thought, this is so cool. They're all here yeah. and it's the kid's birthday and set our differences aside. We're going to be here for the kids. And that's what I've always wanted. And we've done a pretty good job at that. Mm-hmm. But... <sighs> We still have had moments where we've struggled, where he, well, one thing that we said we would always come together for were the kids' birthdays and Christmas. So mm-hmm. that was kind of our deal. We'll rotate everything else, but we're going to come together in some fashion for the kids' birthdays and Christmas. And although I'm great with that, and I'm very much the type like, bring your girlfriend, I don't care. Mm-hmm. He, and I have to respect his difference in opinion, he's like, The kids have to get used to. We're not together. I don't really want to hang out with you on Christmas or Mm -hmm. hang out with you on the kids' birthdays. So they're just going to have to get used to popping back and forth. And that's our new reality. So I think sometimes, like you said earlier, there isn't a set of rules or a right or a wrong. And I mean, you're not together anymore. So you're going to have a difference in opinion on certain things. Yep, absolutely. And as... You evolve as individuals, as co-parents, as the as kids get the older, kids get older, and you know, new relationships. The dynamic changes, but ultimately, I think for Nick and I, if as long as we keep the focus about the kids, it has maintained pretty smooth over the last almost ten years. Wow. You've been doing it a long time. It's been a little while. (laughs) Yeah. Have you had any bumps in the road? I feel like I'm throwing out all these, oh, I struggle (laughs) with this and that. And you seem to do it so seamlessly. No, it's not seamless. We've had our moments and I've had situations where I've had the heightened emotions and said things in front of the kids that I later regret because just like you, like I never wanted to have those outbursts. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to relationships and the heightened emotions, you're not always prepared for when something like that's going to happen. Not and at all. Yeah, we've had we've had a few of those over the years. Um, we've kind of figured out that we can have an open conversation with each other and be real about what our concerns are or what's going on, especially if it has something to do with, well, obviously anything to do with impact to the kids. Mm -hmm. And we're not always on the same page. I would say more times, definitely more times than not, we're on the same page, but there's still going to be issues that arise. Yeah. Yeah. Things come up and 
we just have to, like you said, trust that the other one is going to make decisions that are going to be positive for the children. Mm -hmm. I know one big thing for me, because it was just difficult to go from this place. I was married for 15 years, so it's a long time to go from that to this new reality. It was I didn't know how to navigate it. And so at first we would do things. We would do things like we would get together on Sundays for dinner because I felt like it would be easier on the kids if there were these little moments we could come together. And we, I don't know that we did anything outside of that other than a a holiday occasion. But when he started dating, I and we had the big blow up, we decided that we needed to set some boundaries of Mm -hmm. what does what does our relationship look like what is right or wrong like how do we even emotionally depend upon each other because I think we both at this point would still feel comfortable enough to say oh I went on this really bad date last night or this problem is happening at work we were kind of each other's go-to people for or even issues that were going on with the kids Mm-hmm. anything that was kind of emotionally based, he was still my person that I'd call up and say like, Ugh, this is going on. And I had to kind of pull back from that emotional piece and, yeah. and set up boundaries. Like, okay, I, I don't even really ask him about his dating life for the most part now, because a, I've learned it's not really my business and B yeah. It causes emotion in me that I don't want to feel. So I don't know what the point is, you know. So sometimes setting up boundaries of what does this new reality look like. Yeah, absolutely. And I I think one of the boundaries for me anyway is I don't ask the kids. Like if Nick doesn't come out and tell me something I'm not going to ask the kids or pry on to have the kids tell me. They're never in the middle. Yeah. They tell me things and I'll just, oh, okay. Or, oh, that's cool. Or, you know, have a very blanketed reaction and then just decide that, well, when Nick's ready to tell me, he'll tell me what's going on or if he's dating someone or, but I don't ever like, well, what'd you guys do with, what'd you guys do when you were at dad's house? And right. What? You know, and now that I say, what did you guys do at dad's house? That was something else that in the beginning we agreed that I we didn't want the kids to feel like it wasn't their house at either location. And that so, is so tough. <laughs> I find myself tricky. all the time saying and the kids referring to it this way, mom's house and dad's house. And I'm like, well, it's your house, too. Yeah. Well, it's your house, too. And I often think, how do their brains process which one is their house or are they're both their house? I, I, I question sometimes, do they feel like they really have a home? Yeah. Yeah. We try to really phrase it when you're with dad or when you're with mom. I like that. I'm going to change my language. <laughs> mom's house or dad's house. And yeah, I mean, it does. It doesn't happen perfectly, but I try really hard to make a conscious effort not to just say dad's house or your house with dad or mm-hmm. maybe that word when you're with it's dad a little or more with tricky mom. wording it that way but no I think that makes a difference in making them feel like both places are their home and they're yeah. not staying at dad's house or yeah. staying at mom's house it's their place yeah you know, it's their yeah. home 
And we we agreed early on that it was too much of a challenge to pack up and ship things back and forth because then you're like, well, where's this shirt? Or I bought that and now I can't find it. I mean, we still run into instances now where he'll be like, hey, I bought the kids some new clothes and now it seems like they're not here anymore. And I'm like, oh, let me do laundry and I'll see what's here and we'll send it back. But for the most part, the kids have their own things at both houses. And really the only thing that goes back and forth outside of their backpacks is anything that they have for sports. It makes it a lot easier to that- not have to call and say, hey, I... I remember one specific instance that we were doing family pictures and I wanted something specific for one of the kids to wear and I couldn't find it anywhere. I was like, oh my gosh, it must be at your dad's house. Mm -hmm. Yes. (laughs) We live in a constant nightmare with that because our custody agreement is so unique and we're bouncing them back and forth every single day. Just this weekend, I have the kids and... My daughter didn't have a single pair of underwear at my house. I had to call him, which he, you know, he didn't respond for hours. She doesn't have any underwear. And we run into this situation all the time. And I've had to just tell myself, and we, we're we trying to get better at, okay, what do they need for the weekend? Or, or what do they need for the next day? But, and it's helpful that we live in close proximity. Yeah. But I've had to tell myself, as much as we'll continue to try and improve in that area, it's one of those challenges that I think our family faces even more so because there is so much back and forth mm-hmm. and there's great benefits to the so much back and forth. So this is just one of those little hassles with yeah. it that we have to oh, deal yeah. with. We deal with it too. And it's funny that you say underwear because for some reason <laughs> that's what happens to us the underwear. too. <laughs> What's How with does the that underwear? happen? I, so I don't get it, but crazy. yeah, it's one of those things that happens. And then, you know, there's times where we'll have to coordinate for baseball or something and, oh, he didn't take it to school. So now, mm-hmm. okay, let's coordinate. How are we going to get baseball stuff to the opposite parent? And so we run into that or luckily we don't live very far from one another and we don't work far from one another. So we're able to either coordinate by meeting halfway or the other one going and stopping by and both all the both kids know both garage codes. So mm-hmm. it's like, we'll just run in and grab what you need. And that brings up a good question. One issue that we have had, uh, the kids, they actually have the garage code to my home or when they're with mom but (laughs) at my ex's house he lives in a place that doesn't have a garage code and he hasn't really wanted to give the kids a key because I think we both feel like when it is our adult time we want to have our privacy a little bit if I want to have someone over I don't want the kids walking in and I'm watching a movie with some guy and I think he feels the same way so at this point the kids don't have keys to both homes or access to both homes but at the same time I'm like well it's their house and sometimes they need to get something yeah what has been your stance on that we give each other a heads up we don't ever if the kids are with me and they need something from their dad's house I'm usually giving him a heads up. Like, yes. Hey, we got to stop by your house and grab this. Is, Is that, that okay? okay? Yeah. And we do a lot of that too. And, or it'll be 
he calls or texts or something that they need to go to my house and get something and it's like, all right, kids know the garage code. Mm-hmm. There's never been an instance where either side has just shown up. Right. Which I think is important as much as it it's, you know, it's the kid's home. I talked to my therapist about this one time because I was like, I don't know what to do because I don't want them feeling like they're locked out of their house. Mm-hmm. But... I'm an adult and I want to, you know, when it's my time, it's my time and I don't want them walking yeah. in and I'm in my underwear or whatever, you know. <laughs> yeah. And she said, that's totally fine. When they're with the other parent, that parent is in charge and you can be an adult. Not that you're not still a parent, but you can have that time and not feel guilty mm-hmm. for having that time or wanting that privacy. Yeah, absolutely. So, how did your kids react to John because now you're married and how long have you guys been married we've been married for five years how did they react to someone permanently coming into their lives they did really well um we John and I obviously would spend a lot of time together when the kids were with their dad but then I made sure to include John when I had the kids yeah, so it wasn't like they were blindsided mm-hmm. that our gradual. relationship had evolved and we dated for four years before we got married. And that's a long time. So that gives yeah. them a long time to adjust. So there was a lot of adjustment. And then we lived together for a couple of years before we got married. So that was probably the biggest adjustment for sure. everybody. Mm-hmm. And but it just everything evolved in small it wasn't like one day we got engaged and then we were married and now we're all going to live together. Right. And for us, that worked. And that scenario isn't ideal for everybody, but it worked for us. Mm-hmm. And, you know, introducing the kids to John's parents, I know they just took to the kids immediately and vice versa. The kids right off the bat, even though John and I were still fairly new in our relationship. Yeah just started referring to them as grandma and grandpa and you know John's mom had said I is that okay didn't want to correct them Mm -hmm. embarrass them or anything and I was like I think it's fine if you're comfortable with it and obviously then the kids are comfortable to call you that and um it's I think that there was kind of a pivotal moment for for me personally when all of these different pieces came together and evolved to where we were, you know, we were have always done birthday parties together, but there was one birthday party in particular for Audrina where all four sets of grandparents came together. Mm-hmm. I think that's <laughs> so incredible. I, it's, that's something I, really special. We took a picture and it, I get really emotional thinking about this for some reason because in that moment, I just remember thinking like, wow, this is really awesome. Like we have all come a long way because mm-hmm. there's, a, it's a, there's a dynamic thing for my parents. There's a dynamic thing, between, obviously, between Nick and I. There's a dynamic between Nick and John and then the kids in the mix and then Nick's parents you know, interacting with my parents still and then meeting meeting John's parents and everybody coming together. And it was like, wow, 
we are all adults and we've all got our together. That is magical. (laughs) That is so cool and so much easier said than done. And I think, I mean, props to you to get to that place. I think that is really something special. I think so too. I think what we have is pretty incredible and it all really just goes back to our communication is about the kids. It's focused around the kids. Yeah. When you talk about boundaries, we don't get into a lot of other topics outside of the kids. Our focus is the I kids. Think that's and important. that I think has helped with our relationship that it's about the kids and it's not still tied to everything else in our lives. Mm-hmm. Like we know bits and pieces, but we have that separation. Yes. I think that works the very best. And I've kind of had to learn that the hard way, but yes, I completely agree. <laughs> One thing that I've really grown with in this experience is coming to learn that the more people that love and support our kids, the better and being okay with that, being okay with the fact that they may have other people in their lives that they call grandma and grandpa someday and they may have other people. They may have a stepmom. They probably will. They'll probably have a stepdad. They'll probably have siblings and all these people come into their lives as the years go on. And all I can hope for is that they influence them for the good. And as long as they do that, I have to be at peace that I'm still going to be mom. No one's going to take my place. Yeah. And I had that fear for a very long time. Like, Oh, his new girlfriend does all these outdoorsy, cool things and can shoot bow and arrow. And I can't do anything like that. I'm the, Let's read a story and bake cookies, mom. So I'm not as cool. And I had to totally be okay with that and say, you know what? It's really cool that she's teaching them how to shoot bows and arrows because I can't do that. But that doesn't make me any less important in their lives. Absolutely. And I think in situations like that, you do have to just take yourself out of the equation and see the bigger picture for the kids. Mm -hmm. And, you know, even now... Because three of the four sets of grandparents live in eastern Idaho. When we go over there, we're making sure that they're, you know, at least trying to see all three sets. And I'll let Nick know, hey, we're going to eastern Idaho. Do you know if your parents are in town? Or we'll reach out to your parents and make sure the kids hang out with them. And his, John and I have a child together and he'll be three in July. And Nick's parents just think the world of Wyland. And How cool is that? They send him little things in the mail sometimes or when we're over in Eastern Idaho, we'll stop by with the big kids and you know they're just exci- as excited to see Wyland. And so I think that that also makes a really big difference. You make me cry, <laughs> dang it. <laughs> For the kids that they can see that just because our family doesn't have this traditional structure yeah, that there really isn't all of this. It doesn't have to be so separated and mm-hmm. siloed that this is mom's time and this is who we see when we're with mom or this is dad's time and we only see and interact with these people when we're with dad. And Exactly. Just, yeah. It, it means a lot to me that all of the grandparents come together and just treat all of the kids like they're their own and yeah. all of the parents, you know, do the same. John loves and treats my kids exceptionally you know just there's no question that he is a parent figure in their lives Mm -hmm. and 
when, when we're at baseball games for Cohen, Wyland is you know, back and bobbing around between everybody and he knows that Nick is the big kid's dad and he will go over and he'll talk to him or try to get him to play toys with right. him or, you know, there's just no like, oh, that's. Yeah, there's no like line here yeah. of like, oh, don't talk to him or exactly. negative feelings. I, I think it's so cool that you've gotten past whatever drama or emotion was there that caused you to separate and not be together, that you've been able to work through all of that and say, we've got these two beautiful children together and we are going to be together on everything involving them. Yeah. I think it's super, super cool. Me too. I think it's it seems like it must be something that's kind of unique because we get comments a lot about it. I think it is. Even, <laughs> I feel like even though you've been a model for me and I've thought back to your situation so many times, I'm thinking right now, I don't do it as good as Keisha. No, I sure try, no. but I don't do it as good. And that's okay. We have to just keep trying and keep trying. Yeah. Even when I had that horrible moment with the cops, I woke up the next morning feeling like absolute garbage but I had to get to a place where I was like, we are going to move forward and we are going to learn from this experience and we're never going to let something like that happen again. And we yeah. have, we've grown a lot. I yeah. watch my words. I watch my emotions and I, it, I almost feel like it was not necessary that it happened, but it was a, in a weird way, a good thing that it did happen because it helped us to create some of those boundaries. It helped me to take a step back and, you know, I remember the police saying to me, don't do something you're going to regret later. And so it makes me double check my words and my emotions all the time. Yeah. Like, don't say something that's going to make him upset. It's not for some silly reason. For what? You know? Yeah. So. Yeah. The words, you can't take those back. You and can't. And I you can't take your, I mean, it, with your actions too, yeah. it's like, don't do something that could <laughs> compromise your relationship with your kids or, or even your ex. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's, it's not worth it. And I just think with the kids, it's really important to me that if I do have a frustration or a concern, I address it with Nick. I don't and not the kids. let the kids... I feel like for the most part, I do a really good job of this. I'm sure that I've had moments where I don't hide my emotions on my face very mm -hmm. well, but I don't ever want them to feel like they're being disloyal to another parent. Yes. If one parent is maybe frustrated with something that the other one mm -hmm. has done or did. And so we try that not to even let the kids know that I have a frustration. That frustration, which is a conscious effort all the time because yeah. I know, I don't know if you're this way, but I find myself like gritting my teeth all the time. Like, don't say that. You just bury that. Okay. You talk to him about that later or, yeah. or just process that through my own head and let it go, but don't involve the kids. And I make little mistakes from time to time, but I try to do the same thing. Like yeah. always make them feel like, dad is the best because he he is a great guy we didn't work out with our relationship but that doesn't mean he's not a good person yes you know? and that's what I tell people good all dad. the time like Nick and I tried and even after we split we kind of tried again later and it didn't it, work I think that was a real eye-opener that okay we are not meant to be together we are not good as a couple 
but damn, we co-parent awesome. You Which know, is it, great. It works really good. And we make sure that the kids know how much we appreciate the other parent. Mm-hmm. And for birthdays and Mother's Day, Father's Day, we are both making an effort to make sure that the kids have something for the other parent. And yes. Make that special. Those holidays and birthdays, I just, I feel like those are important. And you know, Nick will take the kids to get something for me for Mother's Day. And he got me a card and he wrote in the card. Mm-hmm. And I'll take the kids to get something for Nick for Father's Day because he's their father. And without him, I wouldn't have Absolutely. these two incredible kids. I think about that all the time. I'm like... My kids have even said to me, do you regret marrying dad? And I'm like, I always say, absolutely not. Never. Because you two came from that. And you're the greatest joys of my whole life. And I I, never, ever would I ever regret that relationship, even though there were super hard things and it didn't end up working out. It was one of the best decisions I ever made was marrying him. Yeah. So I also think I wanted to touch on this. Maybe this was wrong to think this way but as we're talking I think maybe our kids are some of the lucky ones as much as I've thought oh my kids come from this broken home now and oh do they go to school with their friends and they see families that are that perfect little together family do they feel like I wish I had that but I think our kids gain so much in learning these lessons of Things don't always go the way you planned for them to turn out or we have to learn to get along or it's okay to have other people come into our lives and influence our lives. All these lessons are incredible that our kids are learning at such a young age. I completely agree. And as much as, you know, the mom guilt or dad guilt Mm -hmm. or whatever parents have, that is very real, but I just think I try to take a step back and even if I'm feeling discouraged about something and tying everything back to the kids and just like you said, like maybe they are the lucky ones because they see other couples that aren't together and when it's not that parent's week, that parent might not show up at a game for the kids or Mm -hmm. at an activity because it's not their week, but for us... We're both there. There's been very, very few occasions that all the parents are not present for something for the kids because Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter that it's their dad's time with them. It's their activity. This is their event. So we're all coming together. And so we're all going to be there to support them. Exactly. I I think it's important, too, for kids to realize that sometimes relationships don't work out. I was so naive about that because I didn't have it around me in my life. And I remember feeling very trapped in my relationship. I cannot get out of this. I made this decision and I think we were both super unhappy, but I, whether it's wrong or not, I want my kids to know that yes, you, you make a commitment there and you, you need to try to make a wise choice there. If if you choose to get married be with somebody, have children with someone. You try to make a wise choice there, but you're not trapped. And sometimes relationships just don't work out and that's okay. You can move forward in your life and 
if my kids ever went through a, a breakup or a divorce, I'd want them to know like, it's okay. That's relationships. Relationships are messy. And sometimes that unfortunately happens, yeah. but it can be okay in the end. Absolutely. Yeah. Is there a message that you'd like to send to parents that are maybe just at the beginning of this co-parenting stuff or they feel like things aren't going quite like they'd like them to? I have no idea who saw it, but it's, or who said it first. It's one of those quotes that I've seen sporadically on Facebook or Pinterest Mm -hmm. and Instagram, but it says, uh, don't compare your beginning to someone else's middle. And, you know, Nick and I haven't been together for 10, over 10 years. And it didn't always go this well. Mm -hmm. It was rocky in the beginning. It took us a few years to kind of figure out how to work together and how to communicate and how to prioritize things. So if for somebody that's just starting out, you have to figure out what works between the two of you. You have to take out the fact that you don't work well as a couple. You have to take that out of the equation and figure out what works for you as co-parents. And Yes. And I also think you and I both are super lucky when it comes to our exes that they're willing to work with us on all of this stuff. Yeah. Because there are people that no matter how hard they try, that other person is not willing to meet them halfway or they're not responsible. They don't show up for the kids activities. They're not there. They're not present. And all you can do is be not every situation is cookie cutter. No. So you really just have to, for yourself, make it about the kids. And I think Mm -hmm. for anyone going through the scenario that as long as that's the focus and that's the passion around every decision is what's best for the kids, even if you don't see eye to eye on every decision, it just is so much better when you just can focus on the kids and take yourselves and your relationship out of the equation because there's a reason that you're not together anymore, whatever that reason might be, but that doesn't change the fact that you have children together and it's them that's the most important thing moving forward. Yep, and they deserve the best. Even in a less than idealistic situation, they deserve the best. Yep. Well, thank you so much for just honestly being a model in my (laughs) divorce and my co-parenting. I think of you all the time and your family and think I just want it to be like that. And I know that a lot of the reason that we are the way we are is because I've had good examples in my life that have shown me this can be okay and the kids can be okay. And yes, you don't look like that perfect family of four anymore, (laughs) but some really great things can come from it. Some great life lessons. And if you're both willing to work for it, everything works out in the end. Absolutely. Thank you for joining this edition of Not The Way I Planned. If you liked what you heard, you can find more at notthewayiplanned.com as well as Not The Way I Planned on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube.